Bucks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is a special Halloween edition uh, that we're coming to you uh, after the, uh, the Ducks road trip here. Um, you know, after the homestand, we, we thought the Ducks would uh, turn it around, do a little bit better on the road trip, and uh, unfortunately, that's not the way that it worked out. Uh, we're going to go over all these uh, these games that happened, uh, the last five here, and we're going to talk about the uh, the homestand coming up, uh, answer some of your fan questions, of course, and uh, we're definitely going to address uh, what is actually going on, because, uh, you know, a lot of people are upset, and they're frustrated, and they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on with the Ducks, Eddie, and... Uh, you know, we thought they'd do a little bit better on this road trip, but uh, you know, we ended up going out there and, and uh, just not performing, Eddie. We ended up losing, uh, you know, all five games starting in Nashville. Yeah, and I, I don't think when you know five games ago when they were one, two, and one, that we thought they would uh, they would come back uh, off this road trip losing all five games and being in, in dead last tied with Toronto. But you know, you know, something we when we were saying we we were hoping they would, you know, it's gonna be a tough road trip, but we they were gonna pick up at, you know at least half, you know, three wins out of five or, or two wins out of five on the worst case scenario, but you know the the worst that could possibly happen did, and and it started, uh, you know, in this Nashville game we talked about the the game before against Minnesota, how you know it was four one win, but it didn't feel like a four one win. Well, this certainly felt like a five one loss, and you know Hudobin played poorly throughout this game you know he got the the whole start didn't get pulled uh you know let it let in five goals on, on 29 shots so you know not a great performance from him and you know on the other end uh, in, in the other crease Pecorine had a great game you know not like uh we challenged him too much uh you know put on 28 shots on him which is a decent performance from him and you know had a, had a pretty good first period something that you know we were hoping to build on and then obviously you get into the the second period and and it's reminiscent of last year and you know, Nashville scores three goals in that in that second period, and you know, effectively ends the game, and you know, score early in, in that third period, and they're up four nothing. And you know, even when Sekad scored near the end of the game, you know, there wasn't much hope from there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, the the things that you touched on there, uh, the first period, uh, it seems like that's been okay for the Ducks this year. You know, they haven't played uh, terrible in the first periods. They, you know, outshot Nashville in this one, ten to six in the first period. They looked pretty decent coming out. Um, then, as you mentioned, you know, the second period they got uh, outshot thirteen to six, gave up the three goals, and uh, you know, at that point. Um, the game was basically in hand for Nashville uh, going to the third period. The Ducks really didn't put up much of a fight. Um, it, you know, it was good to see Sekatch get a power play goal. Um, the power play did wake up a little bit on the road trip, as we'll talk about. They ended up getting three goals in the power play in these five games, so that uh, turned around a little bit. But um, it, it's very frustrating, Eddie, and, and a lot of fans are going to agree. You know, it, it, they come out in that first period – um, and this season we've seen them, they've either come out, you know, tied in a lot of situations or, you know, up or down within a goal or whatnot. And they, they just can't carry the play over from the, uh, the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, this was one of the things last year that we couldn't explain in how, you know, they would start so well and, and then just be poor in that second period. It, it happened all season. It even happened in the playoffs as well. And it was just something we couldn't explain. It's like, 
it's like what we've seen in in, in whole games this season where they just come out lazy and, and you know they uninterested. Uh, even if they're leading, they, it seems like they feel like you know it doesn't matter how we play this period, we'll still end up winning the game. And you know, they seem to rely on on the fact that they had come back so many times in in the third period last year. And you know you hear a lot of people say that that that's eventually going to catch up to them. And you heard the same things about Calgary, who had also done the the same thing a lot of times in the third period. And you know, it seems to be the the, the case this season that they're not able to either you know score a goal in in a good first period, or even if they do, uh, you know, they come out lazy in the second. I mean, worst case scenario, naturally get scored on three times, and you know that third period this year isn't there, and they're they're, they're they've been pretty poor in the third period as well, uh, continuing that play from the second. So it's not like they've had a chance to even bounce back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking of bouncing back, uh, you would think uh, after this Nashville game, the Ducks uh, played Minnesota again, uh, the team that they got the win at at home, and uh, you think they would have came out in this game and played better, but actually they didn't. They uh, they didn't really perform as well at this game at all. I mean, three periods, the Ducks only had 15 shots. You know, Minnesota out shooting them 2-1 to one in this game. Um you know, they gave up an early goal uh, late in the first period, and then, and then again the dreaded second period. Uh, you know, Vanek getting a goal and Carter getting a short-handed goal, uh, and again the Ducks found themselves um, down 3-0 uh, after two, and, and basically the game in hand uh, again. And uh, it's just another tough performance. You know, uh, Anderson was the net; he did all that he could do um, in in this game, but. Um, it was just weird. The effort was not there in this game, uh, not as much as it was in the uh, the Nashville contest, Eddie. Yeah, I you know they had a, a goal disallowed 209 into the game, which you know they they started off pretty good for for the, the the you know first five minutes of the game, even after having that goal disallowed. But you know the rest of the first period was was just terrible. They outshot 15 to three, and you know that was pretty much what happened for the rest of the game, getting outshot uh, 30 to 15. Just a, another poor offensive display getting shut out and you know getting even on the power play getting getting scored on shorthanded it's just a another just lackluster performance on offense and you know it's it's just it's something that we've come to expect so far and, and it it doesn't look like they're, they're going to remedy this any any time soon with gets left being out and you know it, it's just a lot of question marks and how they're going to have to you know get out of this slump yeah, I mean, uh, the bright spot in this game was the penalty kill. The penalty kill, um, you know, took out uh, Minnesota. Uh, and all five opportunities that Minnesota had, they uh, sh- shut them down. And the Ducks' penalty kill has been one of the lone bright spots. You know, they're at uh, 90.9%, uh, second best in the league behind the Islanders. But uh, part of the problem, too, is, uh, and we've seen this too, Eddie, is, uh, you know, other teams and, uh, you know, you can't blame it all necessarily on the refs. Uh, you know, and we have had, a, you know, we saw a few uh, poor calls in a couple of these games on the road trip. But when the, the Ducks are killing so many penalties, um, you know, it takes a toll on the team when you're out there and and you're killing, you know, four to six, eight minutes, you know, in this period or that period. Uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to get a rhythm. It's difficult to get back on offense. It's difficult to uh, get those opportunities to score because now you've been in such a defensive mode. Your guys are tired trying to kill off the penalties. And um, uh, it's kind of a, a, a catch 22 because the ducks have been so good at it, but at the same time, Eddie, they're not able to get back on the offense and, and get those opportunities they need to, you know, get out of this drought. Yeah. And, and there's no boost that you would expect from killing a penalty either. You know, usually team kill a penalty, get a, 
get a, a nice boost from that and, and you know get a couple scoring chances but you know it just seems you can you can see the frustration in, in guys you know in particular you know Corey Perry as well and just the frustration on their faces you know when another chance is saved or they miss the net or you know something doesn't go their way and 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 it's just something you know that that it's going to have to be worked on from the inside that there's you know, from the outside we can speculate all it is if it's the coaching the players you know this or that it's it's going to have to be something that, that comes from each individual player yeah and we're going to talk more about that you know as soon as we get through the rest of these few games and we've got a lot of fan questions too uh, a lot of you uh you know want answers and we're going to try and give you the best answers that we can based upon what we've seen um, you know, the Ducks then went and played Chicago, and they actually did turn around this game. They played better. Um, they outshot Chicago 39-24 to in this game. Um, you know, they played to a 0-0 tie in regulation. Uh, of course, they ended up losing it in the, uh, the overtime session on the 3-on-3. Three -three. Um, but th this game was a lot better performance. I mean, the Ducks outshot Chicago in the first period. In the third period, they were pretty even uh, there in the second. Perry was getting opportunities. You know, he hit the post, almost scored, uh, had another shot off the top of the net uh, during this game too, Eddie. And uh, this was one that the Ducks could have won. They they played well. They went with Anderson again, even in the back-to-back -back scenario. And, uh, you know, it just uh, just came up short. Yeah, and, you know, you would expect him to go back to Anderson after after the blowout in, in Nashville with Kadobin and, and his confidence might be at a low. And, you know, Anderson had a great game this game. He only, only let him one goal, and, and it was, uh, you know, off a miscue by, by Getzel along the boards, allowing Taves you know, a lot of space and, and just a great shot by, by Taves as well. But, you know, in, in the other end, Corey Crawford had, had a spectacular game. You know, he stopped all 39 shots, and, and they played it, you know, they played a pretty good game. They, they had a lot of scoring chances. Uh you know, no golden chances that you would say, oh, they, you know, he got a score on those. But, um, you know, Corey Crawford kept him in the game. But uh, a, a defensive, you know, laziness by Getzlaff almost. I, I know it's three on three and, and it gets tiring. But, you know, Taves just pretty much walks around him and, and walks out front and gets a free shot on Anderson. And, you know, he makes him pay. Anderson does a good job covering it. But the, the shot's just too good. And, you know, it, it's a, a game where the, you think they should have won. And, of course, you know, with the way things are going this season, they, they only come out with one point. Yeah, and, you know, part of that play at the end uh, in the overtime obviously drew some criticism on Getzloff, and then uh, we found out the next day, uh, you know, what had happened, uh, that he had an appendicitis, which uh, he had surgery on, and, and it's now been taken care of. Um, but it had been going on for uh, six weeks, Eddie, and, uh, you know, that was the, uh, the concern that, we had noticed, um, and we had heard some rumors about this, that Getzoff was not 100%, you know, nothing that we could ever um, necessarily confirm. But uh, <clears throat> I, I really think that that play kind of showed it. I mean, um, it, it didn't look like he had really any good side-to-side -side movement trying to guard Taves on that play. And, uh, you know, the turnover, he just uh, kind of blindly passed it in the corner to, to, you know, give the Blackhawks that puck. So... Uh, kind of frustrating. I, I definitely think that that has affected his play. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying that that's an excuse and, and, and that's why he's not scored goals and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, I just think having him not at 100 uh, percent, it's just it's just been a bad thing for the Ducks. Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, it's reminiscent of, of him with the sports journey in the playoffs. Uh, near the end of the, the you know the end of the Blackhawks series last year, where he just seemed lazy and you know got criticized a lot. People saying they should they strip the C from him because of how lazy he was playing. And then then we find out it was because of his sports hernia, and you know a lot of the same criticisms to start the season this year. And then we find out he has appendicitis, which 
obviously would if he's in pain would restrict his side to side movements and, and his ability to turn. So if he comes back from this, you know, back to his old self, then we would say, Okay, well then obviously it's because of, of his sports hernia that he had before and appendicitis and you know, there's nothing to worry about. He's still the same player. But if he comes back just as bad and, and plays bad for the for the you know, the month of November, then you know, there's gonna be some some real changes that have to be made. Yeah, and, and we've got some fan questions about this that we're going to address a little bit later, but you're right, that's going to be interesting too. Um, so then, uh, you know, Anderson plays in these last two games, um, and then he comes uh, into the Dallas game, um, you know, the day after and plays in this one as well. So he's played, you know, three games in a row uh, with the uh, back-to-back scenario as well. And uh, this game, the Ducks started out super strong. I mean, we were really excited in this game. Santorelli gets a power play goal early. Horkoff gets on the board. Haglin, who had not been 100%, he gets on the board too. The Ducks are rolling. It's 3-0. <laughs> we think we have it in the bag. And uh, the dreaded second period comes back. Eddie, uh, power play goal by Sharp, a shorthanded goal by Eakin. Uh, you know, ended up going, you know, tied into the third. And then, of course, our favorite player on Dallas, Roussel, scores late in the game. And, uh, man, at this point, if you're not frustrated after, you know, going to overtime with Chicago, I mean, this one, Eddie, uh, the Ducks deserved a better fate in this one. Uh, you know, they should have at least gone to overtime after the second period. But uh, the third period was, I, I, I think, really terrible for the Ducks in this game, Eddie. Yeah, and, and you can't hope to to keep a team like Dallas off the score sheet for the entire game. But, you know, the power play goal, that's acceptable. I mean, you, you're going to you're gonna give them chances on the power play. They're going to make you pay. They're, they're a great, you know, goal-scoring team with the players that they have. But the shorthanded goal, I, again, just like – you know, the shorthanded goal a couple of games ago, it, it's something that's unacceptable. This power play is, is so bad offensively that you, you would expect them to at least be able to, to you know, shore up defensively on a power play. And, it, you know, allowing a shorthanded goal again is just a backbreaker. And then, you know, not even a minute and a half later, Klingberg scores for Dallas, ties it up. And, you know, we go into the third period and, and you're, you're tied at three. And, you know, after such a terrible second period, you would say, oh, we hope they can come out and, and you know, play a good third period. But the momentum just seems to, to be sucked out of the game. And, and they get outshot 17-2 to two in, in the third period. You know, Anderson does his best to keep them in the game. But, you know, in, in typical fashion, with a minute and a half left, Roussel scores. And they end up not even being able to get a point out of a game where they were leading 3 nothing after the first period. Yeah, and you know, and to make matters worth uh, worse in this scenario too, uh, at the end there, uh, you see Roussel score, and uh, it looks like his stick gets tangled up with Anderson's pad, and and you hear Hayward talking on the on the uh, TV there that uh, they should have gone with the coach's challenge, and uh, you know, I have to agree with him in this scenario, Eddie. Um, you know, you got a minute twenty eight left to go. Uh, you know, I don't think the goal would have been called back, but, um, you know, I, I think Boudreaux should have called a coach's challenge here because at that point, um, all the momentum's in Dallas' side. You call a timeout, you slow the game down, let the refs try and figure out, you know, what's going on. And while they're doing that, you bring the players over to the side. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, t- a two-for-one. If you, if you do a coach's challenge, you get the refs to review it. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to get turned back, but, you know, maybe maybe it does. And, and at the same time, you get some momentum on your side by, by slowing down the game and, uh, you know, game planning for the final minute 28. Uh, you know, not not to criticize Bruce, but it's just something that, uh, you know, I would have considered at that time in the game. Yeah, you know, it's worth considering. And, and you know, after every goal that the, they're, they're talking to the replay guys and seeing if it's worth it. And, and to be honest, I, I don't think it would have got overturned, but... 
you know, with a minute 30 left, uh, you know, you, you're really saving your time out for any time after that minute 30. I mean, you might as well give it a shot. There, there was a little bit of a push of the pad on, on the stick uh, with the stick of Roussel, and you know, you just give it a shot. You, the, the time it takes to review the play anyway, you get you get a, a you know a makeshift timeout, and you can say, well, okay, guys, if this counts as a goal, we're gonna have to get one back here in the last minute and a half, and. You know, the, the, there's nothing to lose, really. You know, you, you do lose your timeout with a minute and a half left, down by one potentially. What are you saving it for? You might as well, you know, give it a shot and, and see if it goes your way. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just, uh, you know, something that maybe could have changed a little bit at the end there. But, you know, I, even with the third period, I still thought the Ducks should have been able to go to overtime and get a point in this one. And, uh, uh, you know, a little bit frustrated, uh, you know, third period there for the Ducks. But you had two games in a row here where, you know, the Ducks played better and they just couldn't finish the deal. So they go on to St. Louis uh, to finish this road trip. And, you know, um, they play a scoreless first period, and then they come out early in the second. You get Hampus uh, getting a power play goal. Um, the Ducks take the one nothing lead. Um, things look good. And then, uh, unfortunately, the Ducks had a 4-on-2, uh, you know, advantage, got the puck turned over, and <laughs> they give up a 2-on-0. And the guy that you don't want to give a 2-on-0 to is Tarasenko, who ends up burying it and tying the game. Uh, and, and so the Ducks go into the third period and, you know, again, they played better in this game. They were in it. Um, they had a chance to, again, at least get one point, just like the previous two games. And, uh, unfortunately this time, <laughs> this, this crazy bounce goes off the boards, hits Anderson's skate and, uh, you know, redirects back in the net and that's the game winner. And, uh, if that doesn't sum up, really this entire road trip eddie i really don't know what does yeah and i i mean the the way this is going and you know bruce summed it up at, at the end of the game he said dude we're not we need a break and we're not getting them right now and and the fact that they're they're playing good enough to win and you know i'd have to agree in the dallas game they, they played good enough to win in the beginning of the game i mean in the end they found a way to lose but um in this game i think they played good enough to win and same with the the game against chicago and you know, just getting a couple unlucky breaks in, in those games, at least, and not being able to score, which is the main issue, is a problem. But you know, in this game, that that bounce off the boards, and you know, I, it's so unfortunate for it to happen to Anderson the way he's playing, and you know, especially how he played in this game too. You know, to get that unlucky bounce off the boards right off, right off his skated in is is just terrible. But you know, again, the bright spot from this game, penalty kill was over, was uh, five for five, so. I mean that that's the, been the bright spot, like you said, all season. But you know, still not being able to score any goals and and getting some unlucky breaks is is what's led really to that that one seven and two start. Yeah, you know, and if you look at these last three games and and say the Ducks did win these games or get some more points out of it, you know, they uh, if they would have won these last three, they would have been four five and one, you know, almost five hundred. Um, they would have been in the middle of the pack in the Pacific instead of being down at the bottom. So, you know, I, I mean, it's, you know, half half full, half empty when you look at the glass kind of uh, thinking there. But the Ducks could have been right in, in it right now uh, after these three games. So they did play better. Um, the question that a lot of people have is uh, we all know what's wrong with the Ducks. It's not the penalty kill. It's not the defense. It's certainly not Frederick Anderson. Uh, we know it's the offense. But how do we fix that? And, and this has been, you know, something that a lot of people haven't really given an answer for. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, Eddie and I talked about this uh, before we did this show and talked about it with other people as well um, on, on Ducks and Pucks before. 
uh, during this road trip when all all the um, the games have been going on and whatnot. And uh, we've boiled it down to a few different things that we've picked up and seen. And um, there's not a, a cure all. It's not like there's a light bulb that needs to go on and, and then the ducks are going to do <clears throat> better. But there's some things that we've noticed and some things that we can talk about that the ducks can improve on. Um, and, and the biggest one, you know, probably to start, uh, we could probably start from the moment when they get a puck, uh, either off a faceoff or a turnover or whatnot, Eddie, is really the passing. Um, and this has been a problem with the ducks. If you watch the ducks consistently, um, they're not really connecting multiple passes in a row. Um, they're not bringing the puck through the zone. They're trying to do the dump and chase and, and throwing the puck in the corner. And uh, it's not working, Eddie. Uh, they're getting the puck down the other side of the, the rink, but uh, they're just not sustaining the pressure, uh, carrying the puck in and getting that uh, forecheck going. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's something that made them so successful last year was, was you know, just having a team in their own zone for minutes on end, you know, sometimes two or three minutes, and, and just being able to wear them out. And, you know, that, that comes up big later on in games, you know, was a big factor to why they were able to, you know, come back or, or win games in the third period because it, by the time they got to that third period or late in the third, the team that they were playing against was just worn out. Uh, you know, the whole time they'd be forechecking hard, they'd be, you know, recycling. And the, the, the cycle last year was, was the, you know, the big big part of the system. And, and that's just not there this year. And, you know, the, the like you said, passing, entering the zone, and even when they get in there, you know, especially on the power play, just a lot of wasted chances from from guys. You know, making you know that extra pass or or trying to make the special pass or you know, a no look pass, and and it just ends up being a turnover and going the other way. And you know that that's something they're gonna have to work on. And like you said, it, it's not like there's just gonna be a magic, you know, turn the switch and, and they're gonna change and the you know, all of a sudden they're going to, you know, win like eight, 10 games in a row. It's going to have to be something internal and they're going to have to get back to the way they were playing last year. Yeah. And, and in addition to that, on the four check, uh, we've seen this too, is the ducks will get a shot and then it's like, that's it. You know, they'll, they'll shoot a puck and, uh, okay, it didn't go in. Uh, they, they really need to figure out how to crash the net again and work hard. Um, they're not getting the bounces, they're not getting to the rebounds. Uh, and a lot of that's the effort. You talked about it, Eddie. They, they at times seem a little bit lazy or, or a little bit care carefree too much, and, and they're not really grinding it out. Uh, and that's part of the problem. And uh, I think it's going to be even more of a challenge. We saw in the last two games, you have Getzloff out now. So all the lines are getting even more juggled than they already were juggled, uh, which Boudreaux does. And, and that's a big problem. Um these players need to develop chemistry and you can just tell on every single line there's no chemistry uh none of the lines they're just not they're not working and i get what boudreaux's doing he's trying to change up the players and put certain people in certain spots and do what they got to do um but it's a catch-22 because now you've got getzloff out now you're forced you're gonna have to change the lines eddie until they come back and i really think until they can get at least the top two lines settled down um, it's going to be tough because you're skating with different people uh, every night and sometimes uh, different periods too. Yeah, and you know that that's definitely an issue. But uh, you know these guys are, are used to doing that in different teams, and you know obviously a big big part of the, the issue this year is bringing in new guys to the lineup. But uh, again, you can't blame their the, all their struggles on bringing new guys in. There's a lot of other teams around the league who've brought in new players, and and you know they're they're not doing amazing. You know, Pittsburgh brought in 11 new guys, and, and they are struggling, but they're they're still above 500. And you know the as well, just it's starting out so slow. You can't blame it on bad luck either. Obviously, you know the St. Louis game, 
that that bounce is obviously bad luck. But the, the reason they're one seven and and two isn't you know the only reasons they're they're, they're one seven two isn't bringing in new guys and, and bad luck. You know they can't score goals and and the system they're playing with the players they have isn't working right now or all the players haven't adopted into the system and then just plain and simple the the stars aren't playing. I mean Kessler's not playing well. Perry, you know, although having three assists, he still hasn't scored this season and you know he's a a main guy that we rely on for scoring. Silverberg was a guy we thought would score, you know, 30 goals this season if we had a great year and he you know, he hasn't started off well and now with Getzoff being out, you know, who also didn't start well, it's just, you know, these guys got to get firing. These are the guys we expect to, you know, be the big producers this season and you know, nobody's stepping up in their place to to score goals. So if if nobody's stepping up, I mean, these are the guys we got to expect to score. You hit the nail on the head, and that's been a huge problem. You look at Kessler, Perry, and and Getzloff, the guys that you would think, you know, the big three, uh, really for the team that you would think that would be out there leading. And, uh, you know, even with Getzloff being out a couple games, those three players have gotten six assists combined uh, so far in the season and zero goals, which is is just a complete shocker. Um, you know, Perry's gotten some more opportunities, but he hasn't got, you know, gotten the bounces on some of those post shots and, uh, Kessler's got a little bit more chances, but like we said, it's, it's all about the quality. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just really frustrating, uh, when the stars aren't scoring and doing what they need to do, I, you know, it's almost like a trickle down effect, Eddie, uh, like you said, the rest of the players, you know, Silverberg hasn't been doing well, uh, Haglin finally got a goal, which was good, but I mean, it, it's it's the stars aren't scoring, but the secondary scoring's not there either. I mean, it's just uh, it's like top to bottom, uh, with the exception of uh, you know really Santarelli, and he's the leading scorer with two goals. Yeah, and, and you know if you have to look at anybody who's played well, uh, Anderson's at the top of the list, you know far uh, top of the list, far and above everyone else. But you know, I think Santarelli has been one of the you know the, obviously probably the only. Good addition so far. I don't want to, you know, say anything about Haglin and Stewart, but their their starts haven't been that great. But you know, obviously, so the Ducks start hasn't been that great as a team. But you know, Sandorelli has played good. Three points in nine games isn't bad, and and Lindholm at the at the same three points in, in ten games isn't too bad for him either. But you know, we we've got to get the guys stepping up. You know, I don't I don't think everybody would say ten games in we'd expect. Uh, between Perry Getzlaff, Kessler, and Silverberg, they'd have zero goals. So you know, that's something. They're gonna to have to work on on the inside, and and you know just like we said last year with how they were so bad in the second period, uh, there's there's no real solution here. That there's no real obvious solution on how they're gonna fix it. They're just gonna to have to figure out a way to score goals, and you know until they can do that, they're they're not gonna win any games. Yeah, definitely, and and that leads us to a bunch of the different fan questions we've had from all of you out there, and we'll get through a, a ton of them right now. Um, one of them we had was, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit was Brendan, uh, Brendan asked about, uh, you know, which players look the best and which has looked the worst. Um, you know, the best I'm going with Anderson. I think everybody at home's going with Anderson because we know that he's done what he's had to do. And, uh, um, he's played great in that, you know, you can't fault him for all these games and what's going on. So, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, maybe forwards or defensemen, then, you know, then we look to Santarelli, like we talked about. Um, in, in terms of not doing as well, Eddie, uh, unfortunately, I have to go with Stewart. Um, you know, he's been invisible. Uh, it's been frustrating. He's been on so many different lines. Um, he hasn't really produced or done anything. And uh, it's going to be tough uh, for him to get going, it seems like. Uh, 
you know, I think we expected a little bit more. Um, you know, we saw him drop the gloves and get into a fight there on the road trip. But uh, other than that, he hasn't really done much. So that's that's kind of my take on who's been doing uh, well and, and uh, not so well, Eddie. Yeah, and, and you, you know, you, there's no other choice, really, than Frederick Anderson for who's doing well. And you know, that that's something I think everybody can agree on. And, and you know, you look on, on Ford on, on defense, uh, Santarelli is a good pick as well. And, and Lindholm, like we mentioned before. Um, but for who's doing bad, you know, take your pick after that. I mean, Stewart's had zero points in nine games. Uh, you know, I, I think the only reason I wouldn't pick him is just because, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we said he's in a similar situation to Semin is in Montreal. I mean, there's expect expectations for him to do, you know, decently well. He has some potential, but, you know, there's also a lot of risk in, in, in taking him, and there's definitely a chance that he's going to start the season with zero points in nine games. But uh, I think, you know, a guy that we expected to do really well who started off poorly is Silverberg. you know with one assist in 10 games you know he has 20 shots he's close to leading the team in shots um and you know when you have zero goals on 20 shots nothing's going right for you and and this is a guy we expected to like you said score 30 goals get 50 60 points in the in the season you know in a good year for him and you know it's just been a terrible start and i think he's one of the worst guys that that's been out there so far yeah, and it's been a surprise, like you said. Um, it's been a surprise with a lot of the players what's going on and, and you know what's happening out there in terms of their offensive games. Um, it's 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 just going to be uh, something that they're going to have to turn around, like we talked about the four check and the passing and, and working hard on the offense to get this team going. And uh, that kind of leads us to our next question. Um, we had Aaron ask us, you know, when Getzloff comes back, uh, do you think he'll improve his game? Um, you know, and maybe help the Ducks. And, you know, I think he will. I, I think that, um, you know, he didn't play well in the uh, the uh, beginning, obviously, because of what was going on uh, with his uh, appendicitis. He uh, was talking about it and said that uh, he had three or four episodes where he wasn't able to do, um, you know, what he could because, you know, the pain, basically. So, I think once that gets cleared up and he gets back, um, I think he's definitely going to improve. I mean, he can only go up from you know zero goals, so uh, I, I think he's going to help the team. Um, it's just going to be a question of getting him and Perry on track together on that top line. I think Eddie and if the Ducks can get that top line rolling and then you know you know trickle it down, um, that that's where they got to start. Yeah, and you know it really all depends on how much his pain was was preventing him from playing. I mean, we we wondered the same thing at the end of the playoffs last year and you know wondering the same thing now if he comes back and, and the pain was you know one of the main issues in 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 why he was playing bad and he comes out and you know gets uh, you know five points in, in in his first few games then I think we'll be like, okay fine he's back and, and the pain was the issue and and you know he was never really playing that badly you know skill wise so um, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see there, and, and hopefully by the team, time he comes back in the next few games, the, the, the team will have a couple you know, more wins under the belt, and it won't be as much of an issue. But, you know, if they're still struggling, he's going to have to come back and, 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 you know, boost this team. He's the captain of the team, and he's going to have to provide a real boost coming back. Exactly, and he, it's going to be, you know, a huge boost that he's going to have to provide, I think. And, uh, you know, we think that he's going to be back hopefully later uh, on this homestand, uh, he's uh, due to be out four to 12 uh, days, and it's already been four. So um, we doubt he'll play in the uh, the first game against Nashville. Uh, if he does, it'd be great, but it's probably not likely. But uh, we, we hope to see him on the homestand and get the Ducks going. Um, another uh, question, we had a, a few actually on Instagram this time around. Uh, we had one from C. Marlett who asks about Boost Brujo and whether or not he should be fired. 
Um, and you know, this is a question that a lot of you fans have been talking about, and I've I've seen the hashtag, you know, fire Boudreaux and all this other stuff. And uh, Eddie and I are going to tell you, and you know, you may not agree, but firing Boudreaux is not the answer. Uh, it isn't um, because my question to you, if you're sitting there listening and you're saying, well, you know, Mike and Eddie Boudreaux needs to go. My question is, is well, who are you going to put in charge then? Um, yeah, you, you might say McLean or Yanni, but I mean, it's not all entirely the coach's fault here. And all the players have come out this last week and have said that, that the players need to play and they need to do what they need to do. And that's score goals, which they're not doing. And they said that Bruce motivates them and they're just not getting it done. Um, you know, does that mean that he will get fired and, and maybe gone? Maybe, uh, it depends on what happens realistically in this next week or two. Murray's come out and said that, uh, you know, he's going to be patient, um, not make any rash decisions, Eddie, but you know, on the other side of the coin, the stuff that's been going on lately, you have to think that, uh, you know, the patience is going to wear thin at some point. Yeah. And, you know, if you replace Bruce, uh, like you said, you you try and replace him, say you replace him with McLean or with Yanni. I mean, the, the, they're all contributing to the problem right now as well. I mean, obviously the big issue is the players, but you replace them with, with McLean or Yanni. I mean, they're going to play, they're going to obviously coach to the, their style, but, you know, they're, uh, Yanni's not there right now, but, um, with, uh, with McLean right now having the, you know, he's helping coach the power play right now, which is struggling and he's helping coach the offense, which is the main issue. And, you know, putting him in charge might not even change anything. It, it, it might just make it worse. So, I mean, you look at it out there and, and who's available outside the organization and you try and tell me a better coach with a, a better track record than Bruce Boudreaux right now. And, you know, there aren't any out there. Columbus just resorted to, to signing John Tortorella, which, it's a, it's a big surprise, and really, they had to they had to do something. They started out 0 and 8, so there, was, I mean, there was there was no choice for them. But I think with Murray coming out saying that he's going to be more patient and and he's going to wait. But I mean, how long can you wait if they lose these next three games in a row? I mean, his like you said, his patient might wear thin. Yeah, and then we'll have to see what happens. I mean, there's there's really no quality people out there. So, I, you know, I don't know if they would go within or not. I'm really just hoping that the Ducks start winning games and we can stop talking about this. I mean, it, it seems to be, you know, the uh, the hot topic uh, throughout all the social media, and that's all I've, I've really been hearing on uh, all the forums and the pages and whatnot, that uh, most of them that I uh, actually run or, or co-admin. Uh, another question we had um, on Instagram from Tim Jones 949. Um, he asks, you know, what's the chances of the Ducks pulling out of this nosedive and actually making the playoffs? Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I mentioned this in one of my posts too earlier in the week. Um, the Ducks started this season set, uh, one seven and two, which is identical to the 96-97 season. Uh, obviously, it's a, the scoring was a little bit different back then. Uh, there wasn't overtime losses and, and shootouts and whatnot like there were now. But after 10 games uh, back then, the Ducks had four points. The Ducks ended that season uh, three games over 500 at uh, 36, 33, and 13. Second in the Pacific, fourth in the Western Conference, and they made the playoffs for the first time in team history. Ended up beating uh, back then the Phoenix uh, Coyotes, and then they obviously went on to the second round and lost to Detroit. But it happened, and the Ducks actually did pretty well down the stretch. So the chances of the Ducks pulling out of this, uh, they can do it. They can pull out. I mean, it's 10 games. 
Um, they can get back in it. Um, Eddie will talk about this, but the Pacific Division is actually pretty pathetic right now. If you look at it, they're not doing as well. So they can get back in it, um, especially with uh, you know each division having to have at least three seeded teams in it, Eddie. Yeah, you know, there's a chance, and, and like you said with the Pacific, other than you know LA right now winning seven games in a row, being so poor, and you know only uh, Vancouver really being over 500. You know Arizona and San Jose sitting at five and five, and uh, Calgary just beating Edmonton tonight, getting their third win, and Edmonton being four eight and zero. You know there's a chance, and you just got to get third in the Pacific because you, you would expect this year for five Central teams to make it. So it, there's definitely a chance, and, and with them struggling, you know, I, you don't expect all these teams to struggle for the whole season. I think you would expect San Jose to pick it up eventually. But, um, you know, there's a chance, but the chances are slim historically. Um, you know, only four out of the last 66 teams to be four more points um, at, out of the playoffs come November 1st have made it. Um, but, you know, this is a team you'd expect to make it. They, they have the talent. A lot of people picked them to win the Stanley Cup. So if any team is going to make it, um, I think this is a team that has a good chance. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that leads us, you know, to the next question that we had from Sandy on uh, Instagram. And she asked, you know, what are the three positives that you can look at from the Ducks this season so far? Um, and there actually are positives. I know it's hard. You look at it and go, really, what are the positives? But if you look at it, you got to look at A, Frederick Anderson um, right there. Uh, he's been your guy. He's played extremely well. Um, obviously, the record doesn't show it, but goals against at 2.05, save percentage 932. Um, he's done everything he can back there. Uh, you know, he's had maybe a couple goals here and there that he, he wanted back, but uh, overall, you, you really can't fault him. So if you're going to go with one of the positives, Frederick Anderson's your positive. Uh, number two, you got to go with the penalty kill. We talked about it earlier in the show. The penalty kill is second in the league. Um, so that's not the issue. The Ducks are, you know, they're, they're maybe taking too many penalties, but, you know, they're not getting burned by them. So the penalty's been, been um, the penalty kill has been there, and so has the defense. Um, and then the third positive we touched on in the last question is it's early, Eddie. Um, you know, the, the chances aren't great, but, you know, I, if they're going to go through a slump, I'd rather them just get it out of the way in October and hopefully to turn on, you know, something in November and, and get it going. Yeah, and, you know, at least there's only one thing to fix, and that's goal scoring. I mean, at least one half of the uh, special teams is, is good, and it's near the top of the league in the penalty kill, and, you know, goaltending is great, and defense is, is relatively okay, and, you know, the real issue is, is goaltending, I mean, is, is scoring, and, you know, that's something we can fix and, and turn around, and, and, you know, will lead to us winning some games, and like you said, it's early, um, and, you know, there's definitely a chance to turn it around from here, and, and if this team can start putting some goals on the back of the net, then, you know, they're going to be okay. Yeah, and, and you know, looking forward to uh, this homestand, um, the Ducks are going to play the Predators first, which, I mean, it's not going to be obviously an easy task after losing the first time they played them. But the Kings just played them already, so they're going to be in back-to-back uh, scenarios. So the Ducks, you know, should be able with a couple of days off to have some healthier legs and be able to, you know, play a pretty good game uh, against the Predators. Um, they also have the Florida Panthers and the, and the uh, Blue Jackets coming to town, two other teams that, you know, haven't been doing as well either, Eddie. So... Um, you know, these are some games that the Ducks definitely can win. Um, you know, they, I mean, they should be able to win at least two out of these three at home. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to give any absolutes because <laughs> nothing's given this season. Um, 
But uh, these three home games coming up, they should be able to play better. And uh, then they go on the road for one game against uh, the Sharks before coming back home, which, you know, that one may be uh, a little bit more of a difficult task. But uh, I really look for the Ducks to turn it around this next three to four uh, games at a uh, starting out the homestand. Yeah. And, you know, not having to face Rene most likely um, on Sunday is going to be beneficial to them. And, and hopefully they can get, you know, some goal, uh, some goal scoring, and and it'll lead over into the next few games. I mean, Florida's um, a decent team this season. I think they're above 500, so there's a good chance um, that's going to be a tough game as well. But you know, that's a team we should be beating. And then you go on to face Columbus, uh, you know, doing a little bit better under uh, under John Tortorella, but still 2-8 no. And it's definitely a team that we should be winning again. So you would, you know, if we can pick up a win tomorrow and ride that mo- momentum into the next two games. You know, you could see three games in a row leading into San Jose, and it all depends on how how good they're doing and if we can carry the momentum past that. But I definitely think, you know, to get out of the slump, you got to win at least three of these four next games. Yeah, and I and I think the other point about that too is uh, to save Bruce's job too, Eddie. Uh, we talked about it. You know, um, there, there's not a lot of options out there for him, but if the Ducks continue on the slide that they're going, it's going to be difficult for Murray to. Uh, justify keeping him around yeah for sure yeah uh, the, the patience is going to eventually wear thin and you know if you lose this game against nashville lose against florida and then especially if you go into columbus and, and you lose there too um you know if you come out of this this uh, road trip coming up and you've lost three of the the, the last four games then you know it, there's it's going to be only so long you can be patient for yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the Ducks should turn around. They, they got to do the things that we talked about. They got to, you know, work on the passing, work on the forecheck, uh, and, and work on just hustling, uh, hustling towards the net, hustling for the rebounds. And, and that's what they got to do. And if they can do that and they can create some more of their own puck luck and bounces, they'll, they'll get it going and, and they'll be able to, uh, you know, get in these games. The last three games, the Ducks could have come out with at least a point in each of them. And, and you know, they could have won. Uh, all three of them they could have won. And if they did... Uh, the Ducks would be in a lot better shape. Uh, we wouldn't be talking about them, you know, being as far down as they are. Uh, like we said, in the Pacific, it's it's not as competitive. They'd be uh, right in the middle of the pack there. So there's still hope for the Ducks. They, they still can do it. You know, the, like we said, the 96-97 Ducks can do it. So they can do it, too. Um, and, uh, you know, we're also going to have some more watch parties, too, uh, in November. I don't have the exact um, dates yet. We'll... Uh, you know, put those out when I find out those dates. Uh, we had a couple of them uh, during the week, which they weren't as popular as the weekend one, obviously, because the uh, the week games are, you know, difficult with the 5 o'clock start, you know, people trying to come after work and stuff. But we still had a, a good number of people, and it was fun. And uh, Phil Hewitt showed up with his, his wife and daughter and one of them, and we had a really good time. So that was good, and we'll keep doing those um, as well. And, uh, you know, the only other real thing that I can, uh, point out Eddie, and we've talked about this and, and we know people on social media, um, can turn negative real quick is, uh, and I, and I know it's difficult, but, uh, we got to stay positive people. You know, I put out that, uh, that note earlier in the week, uh, you know, about supporting the ducks win or lose. And, um, that's what Eddie and I and everybody ducks and pucks, you know, we're, we're going to be here the whole season. We're going to cover the games. We're going to do the podcast and do everything, um, win or lose. Obviously we hope to turn it around, which, you know, we expect them to, 
to. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, one little side note uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I do run a lot of the uh, the Facebook pages or, or groups, and um, I, I just want you all to be mindful of the stuff that you guys talk about on there and, and be respectful to everybody. Um, had a lot of issues coming up lately with uh, the team not doing so well, and uh, it's unfortunate. We need to stick together and uh, support the team and support each other um, because that's the right thing to do. And you know what? This is hockey, and uh, we all have our real lives out there, and uh, you know there's going to be other difficult challenges that you're going to face besides hockey. So we can deal with this. We can get through it. The Ducks are going to get better. Um, you know, the question is when, and, and we hope it's going to be soon and not later. Um, with that, we'll be back in hopefully another week and, and have some more wins to talk about and, and recap instead of some losses, Eddie. And I uh, hope everybody had a safe Halloween, and uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Let's go, Ducks. <laughs> <laughs>